The Lazarus Project is a sci-fi action thriller series on Sky, a British broadcaster. The show is about an agency that travels back in time to save humanity from mass extinction events. It was written and created by Joe Barton and stars Papa Aseju, Tom Burke, Angelina Mohindra, and Caroline Quentin. We're jumping late into the first season, episode 6 of 8, to assess and review. It's July 25th. Welcome to today's episode. heard of the lazarus project before right no you've never heard of the movie the lazarus project no. with like paul walker no that came out in like 2009 no, or 2008 never heard of it okay well that's good i guess because this isn't considered connected at all it's like <laughs> completely different than that movie um to introduce you to the lazarus project we probably should start with the developer of the series joe barton who i introduced in the intro his previous work has been mostly on netflix projects he worked on iBoy. he wrote the screenplay for it that was oh, the right. Maisie williams movie yeah and then he went on to write the ritual the screenplay for that as well. That was a backwoods horror film that came out a few years ago. It dealt with like a bunch of British people, I think, who went into the forest and like disappeared. One it sounds off. familiar. Okay, and then there's also his most famous work on Netflix, Jiri Haji, which ran for a season. It was like a Japanese English series, ran in 2019, and then was canceled. However, it's got a huge fan base, but maybe its budget was too much of an issue. It had it cost like 3.5 million dollars. In other words, Joe Barden is an up-and-comer, and he's always had this Lazarus project in his back pocket. Over the last, like, six years, he's been working on it. He was inspired by, like, the Doomsday Clock. You know how we're at, like, 11.56 or 59, yeah. and we're, like, so close to causing our own destruction as a human race? And he, like, got really absorbed in the Cold War and how there was this guy named Vasily Arkhipov, who was a Soviet naval officer credited for preventing this nuclear launch that could have started World War III. And it had him thinking, like, well, what if there was, like, a secret society out there that was put in place to stop events like that after they'd already occurred by going back in time and fixing them. Yeah, you said we're on episode six of eight, right? Yes. And I was just wondering, like, I don't know where these last two episodes are going to be heading because it seems like World War Three is, like, right around the corner. Well, if episode. it is, then he can just go back to July 1st. Let's unpack this episode by starting with the ground rules of this universe. First of all, Every time that there's a catastrophic event that happens, they can go back to July 1st of that year. However, once they reach July 1st of the next year, that's the soonest that they can go back to. Hmm. So they have to stop the event within the year it takes place or else it's like set in stone. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It's just there was nothing about time travel in this episode. Oh, okay. So I'm introducing that part of the plot yeah. to you for the first time. Okay. Also, there's normally like one or two resets a year, sometimes none. But in 2017 or 2018, there were like dozens because this it was the second episode of the series that really explained it. The Lazarus group had just had a really difficult time fixing this cataclysmic event that was going to happen and blow up the entire world. So it just led to continual resets until some of the characters went mad like crazy yeah i mean that, that i think george is probably one of those characters he's the main nope. character at least for this episode and george isn't so i know i said in the intro that this was about the agency but we follow george like you're talking about right. but george is a mutant who kind of realizes like in the last <laughs> year well his dna has adapted this is the way they describe it in the show 
to understand that he is going through these time resets without being given the drug that most of the Lazarus agents have to get before they start recalling them. Mm. So he just starts recalling them for in the last year. He wasn't around during the 2017 one where it just kept on. The person who was around during that time was the main villain of the show, who you might have recognized as the main character from Strike, played by Tom Burke. Uh, oh, yeah, I was wondering why I had seen it before. Yeah, do you know what his name is in the show? No, I it's don't. It's Dennis Rebrov. Dennis Rebrov. And so what happens with George, though, is that he's introduced to this Lazarus group and he's about to join them. However, right as he's initiated, his girlfriend dies and they refuse to go back in time because it's not a cataclysmic event. Okay, this so explains so much more. So he teams up with the bad guy. Yes, yeah. And then he tries to pin all the badness on some other guy, on Shiv, who he's already murdered. Who, I know this who he's killed. Seems... He wasn't supposed... Like, they don't know. Uh, the agency he works for doesn't know that Shiv is dead yeah. yet. So in the fifth episode, going into this episode, George has effectively put all the suspicion from himself, the new guy, onto Shiv, who is probably the most... Uh, responsible and on top so of it guy. So they pulled one of those. They pulled one of those where it's like he this was guy almost the hero had... of the show, yeah. despite George being the person we followed. Yeah, you should have recognized Shiv as well. By the way, I only saw him in the previously for like five seconds. Oh, that's that's a shame. He's such a great character in the show. He's played by the main star of Wakefield, Rudy Darmalingam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that you say that, yeah, close. yeah, he just has way longer hair in this, but he is just a joy to watch in the first six episodes. Oh, five wait. episodes. So you you watched the first I watched five up episodes. to the yeah up to this episode. So. One what I'm about to hear, learn here is for the first time in everything that I know, oh, you don't know. I, I feel a little bad because this sixth episode, I feel I was gonna, even going to save this for people who have watched the series. This is like the one where I think everything kind of comes together. All the big moments happen. Well, where I left it was basically George has gotten hold of this big bomb, this nuclear bomb that he was going to set off somewhere really important so that the agency was forced to reset time. And all he wants is his girlfriend back, which yeah. he is partly responsible for her death to begin with because he knew how she was going to die. She, he actually saved her from it the first time around, but then he just completely forgot about doing that. And so like it is partially his fault. And so a lot of people are upset with our main character, George. I understand him, but I think the way that they made Rebrov, like they showed how... 2017 2018 made him insane along with his wife because of what they had to go through as a couple continually losing their child over and over having her to give birth over and over again like that was way more effective and i think was believable than george's explanation where it's just like come on get a grip dude you don't have to kill everybody <laughs> well, well the thing that i find funny about george is that like i, I think that show is even making you ask the question it's like yeah he has a reason for being evil but he does so many terrible things in this episode that's like how far can it can that reason really go before it just seems ludicrous and the answer here at least at the beginning of the episode is not that far yeah and he's already started on that pace by episode five like he's already killed shiv he's already started killing innocent civilians he wants to explode this bomb so where does he go here okay so it starts off he's in a truck with just like a driver no that's not just a driver that's the guy who was supposed to do the pickup and he actually had the bomb while george had the uh, what's it called the detonator, the detonator yeah. yes so now they're going to a highly populated area in order to blow this thing up right but there's a twist that happens very soon into the episode because it turns out that the driver is actually part of like this mafia group yeah and uh, the mafia group is tailing them but the driver is in on it george doesn't know well that's because george didn't actually pay yeah for the bomb yeah right he was supposed to pay another half 
for it, but he never got the money or he wasn't actually part of the group who was originally supposed to take the bomb. So it's really complicated. The right. point is what happens once they intervene. The, well, the mafia members keep on trying. The, the main thing they want from George is the codes. That's uh-huh. the one thing that they continually want. And I thought that this might be an episode where it, the whole entire thing, because it takes a long time, like a 10 minute sequence of just them driving. Yes. And, and then like, I think they start talking about love, like love comes up and George starts talking about his girlfriend. And then uh, Rudy is like, so what does your girlfriend, what does love, what does all that have to do with detonating this bomb? And then George is like, well, if you think about it, love is a lot like a bomb because it radiates your oh, brain George, cells. Yeah, George just doesn't want to tell him what the actual truth is, which is once he does this bomb, that's going to trigger the Lazarus Society to repeat the year. Right? But his reasoning, it love radiates the brain cells. And then like behind the, in, like the, in the other car, they can hear what George is saying. And one of the henchmen is like, that's true. It's like, what? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, And then, yeah, but uh, it turns out that the truck breaks down, which was not part of the plan at all. Mm -hmm. Um, George is mad about it, but Rudy is mad for a completely different reason because they were trying to, like, get to a popular area. In fact, the car that's tailing them was like, we're going to take him out as soon as we can. Yeah. But when the car breaks down, that's when suddenly George just kind of looks at Rudy. Rudy looks at him. And then suddenly Rudy pulls a gun out and it turns into a complete shootout. Okay. The thing I found funny about this was it reminded me of a Mr. It was like a Mr. In-Between scene because uh, the henchmen can only hear what's happening. They don't see anything that's happening in the truck. But you continually hear the horn honking over and over and over again. That's because George is bashing Rudy's head into the steering wheel. Uh And I I found that funny. Do you see any cuts to the Lazarus organization? Like, is Archie doing anything at this point? No, no. The only cut that we had was a couple minutes in where we see that um, Rudy and all of them that are trying to kill George, they actually stopped at the caretaker's place and it seems like the caretaker is dead like they kind of tortured him because they wanted to figure out where the bomb was okay that, that was the only cut we see but like i said then the full on shootout happens and this reminded me a lot of um 24 just by the oh, way it was shot the, i i agree but 24 for a whole different reason so the lazarus project has like a bunch like their own base mm-hmm. and it reminds me so much of 24 the way that they go about it they have a tech guy they have like but you said that they don't even include that yet yeah not not yet so it's funny how you came to that comparison without even seeing the same stuff right I did. yeah yeah so then that's when all the mafia members leave uh george i think i think he gets shot yeah he ends up down underneath the truck and yeah. so he starts taking out all the henchmen and then another car that has nothing to do with the shootout and the bomb ends up pulling up and then like starts honking even though this full shootout is happening and then like one of the henchmen just is this an up, innocent yeah, yeah okay. and then one of the henchmen just ends up like shooting them yes. <laughs> it, it, it was played for laughs as well so i was like this is like a strange type of thing that i'm watching right it's now it's like a sci-fi action thriller there's definitely comedy. a hint of comedy was there yeah. any actual science fiction that happened in this episode though you know, I wouldn't say so. Not not to like an extreme extent where I was like, oh yeah, this this couldn't happen in real life. All right, in, so in George is now alone with the bomb in the car. Yeah, what happens is, yeah, he ends up taking out the other people and he's, and I was like, okay, they're gonna cut to commercial break because this was just a big action scene that happens. Nope, they end up, he ends up detonating the bomb. He, okay. So he's getting some That's calls. the end of the episode? No, 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 no. This is like 15 minutes in. So that would make me believe that then they do rewind time. Well, no, not yet. What happens is we did see that he was getting calls from Archie when yes. he was in the car. Because um, Archie's the person he's convincing. It's basically the handler or the person who's recruited him to there. And he's 
having to convince her that Shiv was the evil person all along, right? right? Yeah. But Archie was really good friends with Shiv, so it's hard for her to believe it, and it's really hard to see her become more and more convinced by uh, George, who you're not necessarily supposed to like that and much. And it seems like everyone likes Shiv, kind of like you were talking about. That's that's portrayed kind of later on. Because but because he's dead, he can't argue on his behalf. It's mm-hmm. going to take until the reset, but if they're all sure that he's the one causing this cataclysmic event, they're going to immediately arrest him and let George walk free, and then Shiv's going to have to try to argue that George is really the one and it's going to be a he said he said moment yeah well so that's actually, what I'm afraid of. okay now that you say it there could have been re- do, do they sh- is the same reset shown every single time because at the very end of this episode it shows everyone waking up and yeah that, that might have that been the reset that is the reset okay yes, yes they wake that, up on July 1st yes okay that makes a lot more sense uh but yeah no he detonates the bomb and and so suddenly I was like what like what's going on right now and then that's when he calls archie and he's like look shiv at this point has detonated the bomb it's it's done and then she's like okay well just get back to london you're gonna have a lot of questions to answer and he's like all right there is a funny scene where um he stops at the airport and uh the only plane to london is a private jet with this punk band yeah. and the band is like doing cocaine and like partying the whole entire time and George and he, is just there, yeah like... he's just having to sit on the plane he does go to the back room and like works on his wounds a little bit before he gets to the the agency and then when he gets to the agency that's when Wes who's the leader of the agency so you right? see the agency does it look yeah. like the 24 inside I mean it reminded me of it yeah okay. obviously it wasn't an exact replica. Wes is the boss lady yeah. yeah they start talking to him and they're like what happened and that's when I was like okay George is definitely a bad guy because that's when he's like yeah so it turns out that um Shiv. That's Shiv, yeah. Whoever, everything up. Right, yeah, Shiv. And he, then he died in he the pulled process. A, he pulled a gun on me, and I tried to get to I him. I hate where this is going. And, you know, all, the, all this stuff ended up happening. This and is then, exactly where I didn't want it to go. And then, well, I really liked it, because I was like, oh, what, what's going to happen next? And uh, so it seemed like... As a fan, I just feel I feel bad for Shiv. That's it, the only thing. It seemed like Archie and Wes definitely had some reservations over his story. Good. But... They end up taking his story. And George gives Wes his phone. And Wes is like, if there's anything incriminating that you did, I need to know about it. And then that's when George is like, no, everything I said is 100% true. See, the problem is that Shiv was, I think, giving back payments to one of the the bad guys. Yes. But it, in this Blackbird conspiracy. Yes, George says that Shiv was sending money to Janet. That is true. But I think Shiv was doing that out of guilt. It wasn't like he was at a, helping them do something really nefarious. Right. She was the person, Janet, was the person who had to keep on giving birth over and over and over again. And the only reason that that year had to repeat so much is because Shiv shot the wrong person. Not his fault because they were doing like a decoy and he ended up shooting the decoy. So ever since then, he's been racked with guilt. So he's probably been giving this person money through an encrypted account, but not wanting to tell anybody about it. But now it's going to make him look extra guilty. So I I really like the writing. It just is like the last episode, I was skipping through all the scenes where George was really, really putting it on Shiv because I just didn't like how effective it was (laughs) Oh, this is what that whole, this episode deals with that completely. I hope Shiv will have his moment because when he wakes up, he's going to have like two seconds. We'll get there because, yeah, it's, it's about midway through the episode at this point. And then um, George keeps asking Archie, like, okay, what was the body count? Um, Archie was saying how it's, like, kind of in the hundreds. So George wants it to be a big enough number where they're going to reset right. things, right? And also, this might spark a war between Russia and the USA, because the USA are the people who I think had Big Boy, the name of the nuclear missile that ended up going off. I think so- I think now's a good time for our one quick game, because there's a big change. There's actually several changes that happened in the show yep. that they had to change afterwards like post 
production as well as during mm-hmm. production. And I just think that this is going okay. to be on yeah, topic with that. So Joe Barton, again, writer, creator of the show, right? Yeah. Joe Barton originally wrote the checkpoint date as July 21st, his son's birthday, but changed it to July 1st for simplicity's sake. One of these is false. So you have to name the false one. Okay. I have four. The name of the show was changed from... Uh, or changed to the Lazarus Project, partially because the working title, Extinction, was so morbid that when the crews were walking around with face masks plastered with the word extinction because of COVID, <laughs> it just made it seem way, yeah, too, right. way too depressing. And then the third one, Bailey Tubin from Game of Thrones originally shot six of the eight episodes Wait, as the who, character who, Shiv. Who in Game of Thrones? I'm... I've, Bailey Tubin? I thought that you maybe you might know them. Okay, Rudy Darmalingham, the Wakefield guy, had to come in as a personal favor to Joe Barton to reshoot all those scenes when Tubin got arrested after trying to flee from a cop who was only pulling him over for a busted taillight. And the fourth one is the show has unintentionally been too prescient for its own liking. Not only was the pilot all around a pandemic that they had to reset, before and that was written before covid but prior to the russian ukraine invasion lots of the dialogue and the war that you were talking about that was supposed to be the ukraine versus russia but they had to go back and change it uh because that was a fabricated war yeah no it's that one it's that one right i'm saying one of them is false yeah oh one okay i would go with the um the first one i I was just gonna finish the fourth one and so they had to do adr and cgi to like fix that up i think it's the first one just the extinction one the first one was the Joe Barton originally wrote the checkpoint date as 21st as yeah. opposed to July 1st. No, that's actually true. Okay. So Bailey then, Tubin is not a real person. Bailey Tubin. <laughs> yeah, Bailey and Rudy Darmalingham, I don't know how close he is to so, Joe. So, okay, yeah, because I was like, Joe Barton, you didn't have the name of the Game of Thrones character. I would have known. Like, I, like, I thought you got me cold because you would have realized when I said that he was arrested that I would have looked him up to see who he was and stuff but I said I didn't know yeah okay so So, yeah Bailey Tubin (laughs) I just threw some random name under the bus name generator no that was just it came out if my brain's name generator yeah so but but it's actually good that there was like kind of a uh a stop there because I did feel like I was watching two different uh I guess episodes of the same show in this were there flashbacks no, there was only the flashback we got is when the uh, mafia-like group goes to the caretaker's house. That's the only flashback we got throughout the episode. There, well, when George is on the plane, he does end up taking a drug, and he does imagine his wife there with him, but, like, an explosion is happening, yet they're having a conversation between the two of them because he took a well, drug on the plane. Well, how sure are you that it was actually a dream sequence because he had lived multiple times where they had to do resets. Huh, right. Well, this, so, this seemed like... And where the world had ended well, in an explosion. Well... The, but was she there in the plane with him? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Well, wait, what happened was he woke up from his bed and then he saw that his girlfriend was there and he follows her out to the kitchen and suddenly an explosion is happening, but she's not even mentioning the explosion. He, like, they're just talking. Okay, randomly. so maybe it is a dream. Yeah. So, They've just done so many flashbacks. Like, the flashback was almost, like, lost with all five episodes. In episode Episode one, it's not as much because it's basically focused on George uh, realizing that he's in a loop. Mm-hmm. But then after that, you get Archie's backstory and her backflashes. The third one, you get the bad guy Rebrov's radicalization in the thousand resets that he had to accrue. And then in the fourth one, you get Shiv's backstory, which is pretty interesting because he's the only member mm-hmm. of the other mutant 
um, because he was actually born with the ability. Oh, okay. So when he was like three years old and they'd already gone through multiple resets, his brain was already that of like a six-year-old. So he was able to do other things that <laughs> wow, other yeah, kids weren't able to. And then in the fifth episode, it was another Archie backlash, but of when she got recruited by Shiv. Well, that was juxtaposed with uh, George trying to prove that Shiv was evil. So it was really good. Like, So they've always used black backflashes, and I was just curious what this Yeah, I think that be. there was also like a backflash that took a couple seconds where you see different versions of the same loop, but that happened later on in the episode. What happens is Wes and George, they're going to go see the ambassador of Russia, who I believe is called Belov. Like, so they're still trying to intervene before they have to do right. the thing. Is George upset about that? Is he like, why haven't they just reset the clock? A lot of, it, a lot of like his emotion was just kind of told by his face. He was yeah it kind of seemed like he was a little bit annoyed but Wes and him they start driving down and that's when Wes she still is not 100% sure on George's story because she's like the difference between Archie and some of the other people here and Shiv is that Shiv never could forget what he did for five minutes yeah so like they were saying obviously like he always had some solace whenever he had to do something bad yes so that kind of I think was supposed to show that Wes is still somewhat suspicious about George but they end up going to the Russian ambassador and they end up talking and I got the impression that the Russian ambassador was like was this close to war with America. Like mm-hmm. I thought that it was just going to be one of those things where that was the rest of the episode. They were going to just start firing nukes at each other. But no, because Wes and George, after they had the conversation with the Russian ambassador, get back in the car. And George is like, so what do you think is going to happen? And Wes is like, well, one thing is for sure. Uh, the Russian ambassador would definitely not have her son and her husband, some people that we saw in the house there, if, like, shit was actually about to go down. So it seemed like everything was kind of cooling De-escalating. Down. Yes, but yes. that's actually when the episode kicks it again into high gear because they get back to the, uh, the agency and George secretly calls the Russian ambassador again and is like, look. Yeah, I'm, he wants this place yeah, to explode. He's like, look. <laughs> I'm going to tell you where the body is, where Shiv's <laughs> body is. Of course. I will, I will 100% tell you that and because people are going to be attacking you. And he says that line over and over and over again. And then that's when the agency gets word that America is about to attack Russia. And and so that's when... Uh, so tensions are at the yeah, highest Yeah, so George point. is like, look, they're going to be coming to kill you. This is where the body is. I'm telling you where it is. And, Brit- and the British are in on it too. And he hangs up the phone. So then he ends up taking a car to the Russian ambassador's place. The Russian ambassador lets him in. And then he's in hysterics. He's like, look, people are trying to attack you. You're going to die, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then the, uh, Belov is like, okay, take a step back for a second. Who's going to attack me? And that's when George drops his face and he's like me me yeah shoots her and then takes out her entire security and doesn't even like it was really brutal at first because he shoots her in the arm and then like goes up to her and she's like no no no." and then he shoots her in the face and he ends up shooting the husband as well and he's about to shoot the son but then he's like does this place have a panic button the son is like yes and he's like okay press it so the son ends up pressing the panic button. I'm not sure if the son ended up dying or not. They don't show you if he killed him or not. And then, I mean, George, does, his justification is just that everybody will come back to life and no one will remember anything. Right. And then that's when uh, George, he ends up driving back to the agency. And um, I probably should have caught on that it was a, uh, that it was a time, time travel show. Yeah. yeah, because that's when Wes comes out and is like, okay, we're going to have to reset the loop. Yeah. But, um, so, but we need to find Shiv first and just figure out what's going on. So let's like it. They still think he's alive. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, so they're like, we just got to try and find him. <laughs> and uh, 
And Last I saw, he was in the back of uh, George's car, just as a body. And he's still there because they end up they end up finding where Ship is. Uh-huh. Like you don't actually see them. So find did they where figure Shiv out is. that George yes. is the bad guy? They, Thank God. That was the thing. Okay. And then so it ends with everyone waking up. They all know that George is the one that has to basically keep Good. going. Good. And uh, and yeah, he ends has up to running. Keep going, you mean they have to? Well, stop Tom him. Burke says a line at the very end of this where he's like, "George, I hope you've already taken off running," because I think either the people need. Why, why would Tom Burke's character rebrov the bad guy be like after him you know well he's not after them because yeah. everyone else is going to be okay, so gotcha. i think they're either going to find where shiv is or they've already found where he by is. resetting the clock they basically let rebrov go and rebrov is the major right. villain right so George- because he puts on a coat and he's no longer in a cage and i was like wait wasn't how is he like it seemed like he was about to leave the room, and I was like, "How is he going to leave the room if he's in a cage? What's going on here?" But you explaining the, everything going on, yeah. Yeah. So now he's let out the big bad as well as just done this all just to bring his wife back. Right. To and life. George, yeah, George at this point takes off. Everyone is running, and it just it seems like a ton of mania is going so on. So what would you give this episode? Overall, I give this episode an eight out of ten. I thought that it uh, it reminded me a little bit of Homeland and also Breaking Bad. Actually, the episode Crawl Space in particular, just because when this show got intense, it got really really intense yeah and it's so like under the radar right now no one's ever heard of it it's, it feels like and it has a pretty strong cast like we've already talked about two main stars of other shows papa said you you might remember him from i may destroy you he played kwame mm. who was like the best friend i think yeah and then he was also one of the hamlets after david Tennant, michael sheen and i think he was in like sam mendes's version of that <laughs> so he's a shakespearean actor he's also in that movie men that came out recently the alex garland horror film uh, and then we also had Archie, and she's played by Anjali Mohindra, who you would possibly know because she was the bad guy in Bodyguard. And Bodyguard? Yeah, Bodyguard, the UK oh, show. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So she plays a bigger part here. She was also in, like, the Sarah Jane Chronicles, whatever that Doctor Who spinoff was. And so, yeah, you just have a good cast. You got a good writer. A lot of people describe the Lazarus Project as somewhere in between part Torchwood, part MI6, Part 24. Homeland. I, 24. I, I would put in Homeland, Homeland also. Yeah, just kind of because of the tone. It's actually. not the first show to deal with these elements. You have time loops in other movies and television shows like Russian Doll, Palm Springs, Daybreak, Groundhog Day. Those are the classics. And even groups that are set up to fix time loops, that's not necessarily a new idea either. In the Umbrella Academy, you have the Temps Commission. In Loki, you have the Time Variance Authority. In Travelers, you have these people sent back in time to kind of fix things based on what a computer tells them. I would mostly relate this show to Travelers. It seems like it has a very similar footing. Travelers went for multiple seasons and was sort of under the radar. But I would say this show has the possibility to be much better than Travelers ever was but i would also the last comparison i would give it is journeyman which was also kind of just a thrown in there no one saw it show from like 2006 or whatever and it just has a similar vibe as that i also want to give a quick shout out to the song that they use at the very end feels like we only go backwards not only did i like just kind of the symbolism there but the song itself was catchy i gave it an eight out of ten like i said intense i like the action like the surprises (laughs) a lot of surprises in this episode uh like the acting only some parts of the i found a little unnecessary like when they did show some of like the dream sequences with his wife or they did show the flashback where we saw the mafia people go to the caretaker's house i was like we don't really need to see this. Like, I kind of already understood what was happening. Uh-huh. You didn't really have to spoon feed it. Those are just kind of nitpicks, though. However, I will say this. I don't know 
And I might now, but I don't know if I'd watch the rest of the series because it's super bingeable. I'll tell you that. Like I got through all the episodes. Well, it just in, in seems like at half. this point, this episode kind of explained everything I needed to. No, but the cool thing about the twists in this thing, I know I've given away a lot about it now that you've seen the sixth episode, but you could go back and seeing how the villain became the villain actually makes a lot of sense. And seeing Shiv play his character, I think at first you're not supposed to like him too much, but they're able to sell you on him in, in the course of five episodes really quickly it's a fun jaunt and i would also give the show as a whole an eight not just the episode that i would say my cons similar to you is there's a glaring issue when it comes to how much trust they put into george's character and it's very easy when your main character is annoying because of a decision they're mm-hmm. making to not to, to criticize the well, show this, for it. this is the episode where it's like george he's not he's definitely not the protagonist i wouldn't even say he's the anti-hero this is the episode where it's like uh, he, he's a villain but he's still the main character but yeah i know like and he, that's he, he was the first person you saw in the first episode who you sympathized with who you felt they they worked up a lot of goodwill in that first episode and they've just spent it all yeah it's crazy at this point that's why i was saying like at first it was like okay i can maybe get behind you like saying off the bomb even though that's a big thing to like save your wife and all this stuff it was like after a certain while especially when he's starting to take out the he when he takes out the russian ambassador their family and the security guards and uh, after all the decisions he's made that's when i'm like yeah that goodwill is just kind of gone for me <laughs> I, I agree with you. This is the type of show, though, that I think uh, we're doing the podcast for is the kind that like everybody's aware of the Stranger Things of the world. Everybody's aware of Squid Games and stuff like that. And we, we review those. But like when we find one kind of just like hidden under the layer of dust that no one would have seen, I feel like that's 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 the best. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I'll leave you with is that Joe Barton, again, the writer, the creator, he is now part of a franchise. You want to guess what franchise that he's going to be writing the next screenplay for a continuation of a big franchise? Star Trek? Mm. Nope. It's the Untitled Cloverfield Project. So he's going to be working with J.J. Abrams on the next Cloverfield, whatever it may be. Did the fourth one do terribly? Uh, It may have done, but it's going to be one that doesn't rely on a found footage camera. Mm. I know that. Huh, okay. But I think because he's been able to do the Jiri Haji thing where he was able to mix elements of genre with that one where he had like weird fighting dance numbers and that. And then this type of show where you can see that he's able to weave sort of a weird narrative that you wouldn't necessarily expect from a simple idea that you've seen a thousand times. I think that he's probably going to be able to do a good job with this untitled Cloverfield project. But I mean, he also made iBoy and I wasn't, I, I didn't see that one. I did see the ritual and I found it kind of more boring. <laughs> so he did, he did a good job here. So, well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.